Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back and happy new year. It's another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. My name is Jacob Rudner alongside Swamp 247 recruiting analyst Blake Alderman. Uh, a little bit of a New Year's break for us, Blake, but now we're back. Uh, and in a, an extremely busy recruiting time for the Florida Gators and teams across the country, uh, full swing transfer portal season is where we're at. Uh, Florida has gotten involved. Florida has four commitments from the transfer portal so far. Uh, former Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz, uh, former Ohio State linebacker Tarada Mitchell, former Memphis defensive lineman Cameron Jackson, and former Louisville defensive lineman Caleb Banks. Uh, and we're here to talk about those guys. So I guess first, Blake, uh, give me your thoughts overall on that group of four transfers who I just mentioned, uh, some things that you're noticing, uh, do those guys address the needs that Florida has? Uh, w- w- what are your general takeaways with these guys? Yeah, you know, I, I think first and foremost, you see the defensive linemen, you know, Caleb Banks, Cameron James, or Cameron Jackson, excuse me. I've done that like twice now, even before we recorded the show. I keep trying to make him the high school signing for Florida, but Cameron Jackson uh, from Memphis, um, you know, they're guys with some size. You know, um, when Caleb Banks took that official visit to Florida back in December, uh, measured in at 6'7", 310. Um, he's a guy that can, can clearly has the length to move between defensive end and defensive tackle, um, which, you know, if you look roster-wise, defensive tackle is one of those areas where Florida really needed to shore things up. And I think even entering Cameron Jackson into that fold there, you know, he's a guy that's listed on Memphis's website, you know, as being a 340-pound guy. So, you know, if you're looking for some depth there, you know, and a guy that, you know, in Jackson that's coming off of his best year at Memphis this past season, you know, those are guys that are, you know, they're going to be thrown into the fire. You know, whenever you recruit these guys out of the portal – you know, you're looking for some guys that can come in there with some experience, you know, someone that can sure up some of those areas to help you, you know, help you along as you transition some of these guys you've signed in high school to fill those types of holes. So, you know, I think that whenever you see those two guys, you know, evident, you know, it's pretty evident that, you know, defensive tackle is an area where they want to sure some things up. And I mean, that's pretty obvious from seeing Florida's defensive line last year. You know, they really, you know, kind of suffered as far as not having the depth on the interior part of the defensive line. So, you know, those are guys that, you know, can kind of help bridge the gap between that heavy defensive line class that they signed from the high school ranks in 2023. You know, with Mitchell, I think that he's the guy to me that Florida has that seems kind of boomer bust. 
You know, he's coming in as a highly regarded high school recruit, um, was a top 50 guy on 24-7 sports composite rankings, you know, had offers from, you know, a guy that could take your entire family to, you know, to college with all the offers he had. Sure. So I think that he's one that, you know, you've seen him obviously have the snaps. You know, he's been a captain at Ohio State. So you're getting someone that has experience. He has some leadership there in an in a area from, you know, linebacker where, you know, Florida's losing Ventro Miller. They're losing Amari Bernie. They're returning some guys, you know, that you've seen some flashes from them at linebacker. You know, maybe some guys that don't still have the, you know, ideal, you know, game reps under their belt as far as their linebacker room goes. And even, you know, from the high school ranks, you know, they've only signed Jaden uh, Robinson out of that, you know, that high school linebacker class, which was an area where they really felt like they needed to shore things up. So, I do like the fact that they're bringing in some of these guys through the transfer portal like Mitchell. Um, didn't play much in the 2022 season, um, you know, dealing with an undisclosed injury, um, you know, just in general, you know, just that that's kind of where I get more into the boomer bust part of him because he's either a guy that's going to come in and he's going to flash your defensive system. He's right. going to be a leader in a room. He's going to help coach up some of these younger guys that maybe don't have the snaps, like I said. So, you know, ideally you want him to come in and you really want him to, you know, to, to fill that gap and, you know, be that guy at that Mike linebacker. He's, you know, he's a beefy guy, you know, he's coming in with some size. He fits that Mike linebacker role that they want to a T. Um, I kind of see his game being fairly comparable to Ventro Miller, you know, former linebacker for Florida, even a guy like David Reese, you know, to where you see the size, you know, you see him, you know, being someone that you think could fill in those run gaps as far as being a Mike linebacker. Could he be a little bit of a liability in coverage? I think that's where my big question is, and I think that's where there's some comparisons to, you know, Ventrell Miller and David Reese because those were guys that were great in run coverage. And Ventrell Miller had a great season for Florida last year. So, um, But, you know, he was a little bit of a liability in coverage. You know, he just wasn't a guy that really moved. So with, with Mitchell, you, you want to have a guy that, you know, can sure up the run there, um, you know, really be a leader there, and, you know, we'll see what happens there. You know, with Mertz, you know, Florida's obviously, you know, Anthony Richardson's gone off to the NFL draft. He's declared for the NFL draft. Um, we've seen Jack Miller in the uh, in the the Las Vegas Bowl there. Didn't have the greatest game. Didn't have the greatest game in, in Florida spring game. Granted, that was the second team offense going against the first team defense. So you can kind of expect that. But you just haven't really seen, you know, A, the experience from him and B, you know, what you have seen. There's enough cause of concern to where it's understood of why Florida went to the transfer portal for a quarterback. Sure. So, you know, with Mertz, I think there's even some boomer bust to him as well. You know, you look at the stats that he's had when he was at Wisconsin. You know, he turned the ball over quite a bit, you know, had some struggles with interceptions, um, you know, but, you know, he was still able to do some good things, you know, and ideally – you would think that, you know, Florida offensive wise, having the athletes that are accessible to, you know, the University of Florida, whether it be, you know, recruiting in the state of Georgia, recruiting in the state of Florida, that, you know, there's going to be a step up as far as the caliber of athlete you would have there. So um, that's another guy where I'm interested to see how those two guys fit in. You know, they'll obviously be there for the spring. They'll get to get the playbook under their belt. So, you know, you could see the areas where Florida really wanted to address. And to me, that's what the portal is should be used for, is kind of shoring up those areas to where you don't have the depth. And, you know, quarterback, linebacker, defensive line, I feel like are, you know, areas of, of concern that we've talked about from a depth standpoint on this podcast until the cows come home. So, you know, those are guys where you could see where they wanted to address. And so far, so good as far as getting those guys committed. Caleb Banks is actually already on campus. He enrolled on Thursday. Well, not enrolled because technically the spring semester hasn't started yet. So he moved in. That's the better way to put it. So he's already there in Gainesville. The other guys will be trickling in over the course of this weekend. The spring semester at Florida starts on January 9th. 
Um, so, you know, these guys, you know, and the high school guys will be there on Sunday, all the guys that are early enrolling at Florida. So these guys are going to get a chance to get in the system. They're going to get a chance to learn in spring football, get acclimated to everything, get their nose in the playbook, get in the weight room for the off season. So it's an exciting time for Florida and it's definitely a busy week as far as the transfer portal. I think I'd be remiss to not point out that one thing that you mentioned, and I agree with it is that this is a, it's a solid group of four players who they have already committed to the program. But I think one thing uh, that that is worth mention is that I don't know that any of these four guys are what I would call surefire players, surefire additions. Sure. I think Cameron Jackson to say. is probably the closest thing to that. I like Cameron Jackson a lot. I think he fits this defense's identity and what it's trying to be, uh, you know, pretty much to a T. The others, you mentioned Mitchell is kind of a, a boomer bust guy. You, you say that he's only played four games in the last year, lost his captainship at Ohio State, so an interesting situation there. Uh, you have a guy in Caleb Banks who doesn't have a lot of playing experience under his belt. Uh, I would also say that there's a degree to which he's kind of an interesting fit for this defense. I think that he's going to have to kind of mold his game in order to to work in it ideally. And then you have a guy like Graham Mertz who is absolutely experienced, but again, I don't know how well he fits the scheme. I think that this is an offense that relies upon having a rushing quarterback or a quarterback with the ability to make the unannounced play with his legs. Mertz has no history of doing that. And it's not like Mertz has only been playing college football for a year and there's part of his skill set that hasn't really been unlocked. I think it's pretty safe to say at this point that this is not a mobile quarterback. This is a guy who is a pocket passer. Uh, he, he has several seasons under his belt where he finished the year with negative rushing yards. Uh, Florida's coming off a season in which its quarterback was a phenomenal running uh, guy and, and somebody who contributed quite heavily on the ground. This is a style change, especially if Mertz is going to take over the job. And I think that it is fair at this point to have questions about whether or not the guys that are being brought in are truly uh, surefire cures to the problems the team has on its depth chart. Uh, and I'll be interested, like you, to see exactly how these guys perform in the spring uh, and, and how they contribute down the line. Because, again, I don't think it is a sure thing. I think that there are some things that need to be shown here uh, and also some areas that need to continue to be shored up uh, especially those linebacker spots and even on the defensive line, because I do think that a guy like Tarada Mitchell, for example, could be a very big contributing player, uh, somebody who is brought in to play a real role. However, that might not look the way it needs to look if the depth around him isn't adequate. I think that they need to pad some of these positions in order to allow some of these players to really shine in the roles that the team intends them to shine in. So uh, work to do, I think, in the transfer portal. And with that being said, uh, they're doing it. I, there, there are visitors on campus for Florida uh, in the final weekend of this uh, first transfer window. Uh, transfers cannot take visits after January 8th, uh, and they're in that like high school uh, dead period transfer only time. So Florida has the opportunity to really focus on Division One talent. Uh, and here are the list of people who are on campus right now. Uh, Deuce Spurlock, a linebacker from Michigan. Al Walcott, a defensive back from Baylor. Michael Masua an offensive lineman from Baylor as well, John Campbell, an offensive lineman from Miami, and Gilbert Edmond, an edge prospect from South Carolina who was on Florida's campus but is no longer, uh, as he has a couple other visits lined up as well. Cameron Jackson, uh, who we just talked about, also took an official visit. Uh, these are some interesting names as well. I think it kind of falls into the category for some of them of, of guys who have something to show and haven't necessarily shown it. Others have some starting experience. I will go to you, Blake, though. What is your analysis of this group? Uh, are these players, A, in contention to end up at Florida, and B, if they do, uh, are they more surefire additions? Are they also kind of in that question mark, wait and see category? How, how do you view these guys? 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Yeah, you know, I think the two Baylor guys, Walcott and Mazuka, um, you know, I think those are two guys that, you know, really stand out to me as guys that would be upgrades, you know, from from what you've seen there. You know, obviously, I, I say upgrade of, of what you've got now, you know, because I don't think there's any – it's very hard to upgrade, you know, an Osiris Torrance, you know, who's an offensive guard for Florida last year, to anybody. You know, that's a guy that's coming in that was, a, you know, a consensus – you know, all American, you know, in, in a year, this guy's getting a brick outside of Ben Hill Griffin stadium. So I think you're still keeping the trend of having a very good offensive guard that's coming to your program through the transfer portal. And, you know, he's coming in with a ton of experience as far as Baylor, you know, he was, you know, has played a lot of games for them at that offensive guard spot, you know, that really kind of shores up, you know, having a guy that, you know, you're losing a guy that has a lot of experience and has been very great through his college career. And you're replacing him with another guy who's got a lot of experience, you know, has been really good for his high school or for, excuse me, his college career. Um, you know, so I really like the fit that Micah has for that offense. You know, he's a guy that, you know, his, is, is a mean, nasty offensive lineman. He's a big guy. So, you know, that that's exactly what the doctor ordered there when he has Florida's still trying to piece together this offensive line. You know, you lose an Ethan White. I think it's an upgrade to bring in a guy like Micah. That's, you know, to me, that's an instant upgrade type of guy that you're replacing one for a guy that's another really good player. Walcott, to me, is an interesting player. And, you know, and I say that because whether you want to box him in as a safety or you want to play him at nickel or star, what Florida calls it on their defense, you know, those are both areas to where he could be an impact guy for them. You know, you lose Trevez Johnson through the NCAA transfer portal, who was Florida star for, you know, most of last season, if not all of last season. And you're bringing in a guy that has played very well at the star position. He's very physical um, as far as coming downhill and playing that run game. You know, he's been great, you know, in passing coverage. Maybe not the stats that show that, you know, having only a handful of interceptions there, excuse me, in a three-year career at Baylor. But, you know, one of those interceptions that he had through his career in the 2021 season is the Sugar Bowl record for the longest interception return, which I believe was 96 yards or something to that nature. Um, yeah. So you've got a guy that can attack the ball, um, very physical there. And I think that there are a lot of similarities between what Baylor did on defense to what Florida wants to do on defense. So I do understand the scheme fit and the similarities there to where you've got a guy that, 
you know, is coming in as a one-year guy that's kind of a band-aid type of player that you've got there, which is what Florida really needs at the star position or even at safety. Even if you want to move Walcott at safety, you know, you're replacing, you know, Trey Dean and Rashad Torrance and expected to have some of these younger guys that have been on Florida's roster that maybe don't have a ton of experience, but you like what you've seen from them. You've seen those flashes. If right. you want to play Walcott at star, great. You know, he can make an impact there, bridge the gap of some of these guys that Florida signed in their hefty class of defensive backs in the 2023 cycle. Or if you want to throw him in at safety and try some of these other guys out at star, it gives you some options. And I think that's something good for Florida because whether you play him at safety, whether you play him at star, you've got some guys that you can move around or, or around him. And, you know, and again, if you get him there in the spring, and that's going to give you time to tinker with some of these guys to figure out what your best lineup is there. So to me, Walcott is very interesting of a player there for Florida because I think he can be a big upgrade for them at the star position, considering that right now Florida could very well, you know, play a guy that doesn't have a lot of snaps there. Or you could be bringing out, you know, uh, you know, let's just play what if here. If you're throwing out a Sharif Denson, who's a true freshman at that star position that Florida signed in the 2023 cycle. So I think it's good for Florida. I, I don't think in general you don't want to throw these freshmen out, you know, at the earlier part of the season. That's something where, you know, unless they just completely are lights out in spring. You know, that, that's right. really kind of the only disclaimer there. But, you know, you've got a guy that can be in your system as you bring along some of these other younger guys that you're expecting to probably be thrown into the fire early. So I think that would be a really good addition for Florida, and I think it's a much-needed one there, whether you play him at star or safety. I think the best fit for him is more than likely star, just from what you've seen on tape from him at Baylor. Um, but, you know, he's an interesting one. Deuce Spurlock, to me, is almost more so like signing a high school kid as opposed yeah. to signing a transfer portal type of guy. And I say that because he was a 2022 signee for Michigan at the linebacker position. Limited snaps as far as his first year at Michigan. Kind of expected whenever you've got a team like Michigan that traditionally plays a lot of these older guys and they're, you know, usually a veteran-led type of team. You know, not there's always, you know, some some exceptions to that rule. But, you know, for a guy like Spurlock, you're getting someone that it, to me is more like a high school signee rather you know, a guy that's going to be a one-year guy because I believe he's got three years left of eligibility left there to play right, at he the college have four, level. He, Spurlock should have four years right. of eligibility, actually. With yes. The, yes, you're correct. Sorry. You're four years left there. So, again, you know, that's more like a high school guy. Um, but he does have his feet wet as far as how to practice like a college player, how to adapt to life as a college player. You know, all these things right. that's still a bit of a learning curve for some of these guys once they get into in, from high school to college. So, I don't think I'm maybe as familiar with him as a player, not someone that I was very familiar with as far as when he was a high school recruit, just because he wasn't really on Florida's radar at the time. Um, you know, really doesn't have a lot of the snaps that you've seen at Michigan. I know he's played in the Hawaii game that Michigan played last year. Not a game that I watched, not any tape that I've reviewed on him. So that's one that I'm maybe not too sure on. <clears throat> as far as maybe the impact he makes or anything like that. But as far as relative to Florida's roster, you're bringing in another linebacker. You know, you're bringing in a guy, again, position of need. You've only signed one guy at the high school level. You can mix him in with some of these other guys that are on Florida's roster that maybe don't have all the game snaps in there. You yep. coach him up. He's a guy that you're going to be able to really – he's going to be one of your guys, you know, you're going to have him so long in the, in the system. If you know, if he was to commit to Florida and he was to stick through things and, you know, the transfer portal is interesting because guys can go in and out, you know, you never know how the future is going to hold, but let's just say, you know, it's in a world, he comes to Florida, things work out. He finishes career there. He's a guy that you're going to be able to put your own fingerprint on. You know, you're going to be able to coach him up. He's going to learn your system and you're going to have, and you're going to be able to develop him through the future. So I think ideally for Florida, you only signed one guy at the high school level. Well, having a guy like Spurlock is almost like having a high school guy there. So 
he's a guy that you don't have to worry about for one year. And then it's like, oh man, well, right. we got to, you know, carry this over to the 2024 cycle as far as the need carries over. Um, so, you know, I think that that's the plus there. John Campbell to me is, is a guy that has played offensive tackle. He's played offensive guard, whether it's left tackle, right tackle. And I think for Florida, you know, one of those areas that I've said that, you know, as far as from high school recruiting, you know, and beyond, and this even goes past to when Billy Napier's staff was hired, you know, even the former staff at Florida struggled at bringing in those offensive tackle guys consistently. And I think that that's where Campbell comes into play. You know, you lose a Michael Tarquin who is in and out of being Florida starting right tackle uh, through the 2022 season. I think ideally, if you land a guy like John Campbell, you can wait and see how things work out as far as if he's going to be the left tackle, he's going to be the right tackle. But you've got a guy in Austin Barber at Florida that's, you know, really shown a really, you know, he's a really high level of play in the 2022 season. So you've got two guys that you can kind of experiment there in the spring with of who's going to be the left tackle and who's going to be the right tackle. So I think that John Campbell has the snaps. He has struggled through his college career. You know, you watch, you know, just the grades that he's had, you know, as far as pro football focus and all those types of things. I mean, he's not a guy that has really blown it out of the water on as far as what he's done on tape at the college level, but he's got experience. And if there's one thing that Darnell Stapleton and Rob Sale have been able to show this past season was that they are high on development. Florida had a great offensive line, um, was an area where they really did a, a really good job coaching. You've got five guys in total between on-field coaches and off-field coaches that are there to directing to coach offensive linemen. So if you've got a guy that maybe is a little raw in some areas, even though that he has been in college for a long time, or maybe has some areas to clean up, you know, I, I think this staff has done a good job and has shown so far in a limited capacity of how long they've been at Florida, that they are good at, you know, coaching these guys up and raising their ceiling up even higher. Oh, yeah. So I'm interested to see what a guy like Campbell could do with some, some coaching from Florida. I, I would even say to your point about the offensive line, I, I think that Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton have done enough to buy themselves the grace of fans who should probably sure. understand that the history goes back beyond one year at Florida. They had a great year here for sure, but you look back at where they, what they did at Louisiana, I believe off the top of my head, there are five offensive linemen in the history of Louisiana's football program who have been drafted. Three of them were coached by either Rob Sale or Darnell Stapleton at some point over the last four years when they were over there. Uh, and, and that says a lot, and it should also go as, you know, and be noted that these are guys who probably could have easily played at the SEC level and just went under-recruited. So their ability to identify talent, I think, is proven over time. Uh, their ability to develop that talent is proven over time. Uh, you want to add a guy like Osiris Torrance even to the list? It went to Louisiana, flourished over there, came to Florida, like you said, and he's going to get a brick and, and be immortalized, basically, at the University of Florida for 12 games of work. And it just goes to show, I think, that this is a a duo of coaches who, at a minimum, are very, very talented uh, developers, are very talented identifiers of players. Uh, And so I think that they do deserve the the grace of the fan base, uh, where you might look at a guy like John Campbell and go, well, he has struggled. Why is this our target uh, at tackle after losing both starting tackles? Obviously, like you said, you return Austin Barber, but still the majority of the starts uh, went to Michael Tarquin at the position, and he is no longer on the roster. Do I understand that a guy like John Campbell might not be the most eye-candy type transfer target? Sure, but do I also think that this is a coaching staff that has proven its ability to find and develop offensive line talent? Absolutely. So uh, patience at that position, I think, is important. And then to your point at linebacker, extremely thin room right now. It, it, Florida has uh, just five scholarship players on its roster, including Terada Mitchell at the inside linebacker position. 
one of whom is a true freshman in Jaden Robinson. Scooby Williams and Shamar James are making up a, a significant portion of this room, and they are not terribly experienced players. So not only does it not return a lot of depth, but it is not returning many players who have seen a lot of snaps. So a guy like Mitchell ends up probably being very important. A guy like Spurlock probably ends up being very important. Uh, one guy I'm going to circle back to here, though, Blake, is Gilbert Edmond, the edge from South Carolina. Uh, his visit is in the rearview mirror. So as we record this on Friday, January 6th at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, he has already come and gone through Gainesville and has visits set up. I believe it's LSU and Ole Miss. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. Yep. Give me your thoughts on him. I, I think a really interesting player at a position of dire need for the Gators. Uh, just three scholarship edge players outside linebackers on the roster at the moment. Uh, Brenton Cox was obviously the starter for the majority of the games at the position. He was dismissed in October. Uh, Lloyd Summerall is no longer on the team, uh, nor is Chief Borders. So the room is thin. Uh, and here's a guy who has a ton of experience, played basically more snaps than almost anybody at his position in the 2022 season. But the results weren't great. And you talk about grades with a guy like John Campbell. I'd say that Gilbert Edmond kind of falls into the same category. But if you're following who's in the portal, edge is a thin position. Not a lot of great options there at the moment. Uh, and this is a guy who has SEC playing experience. So what, what are your thoughts on him and where might Florida stand in that recruitment? You know, he's coming off of an official visit to Florida State. That was on Wednesday when he came right out of the gate when the uh, window for official visitors <clears throat> opened for portal guys. So he was there at Florida State, Florida on Thursday, left today to head towards LSU, like you said, and then he should be spending his Saturday at Ole Miss for a visit. So he's fitting in a lot of visits into a short period of time. So things are pretty rushed for him. And that's typically how things have looked as far as portal guys this weekend, just because you've got so many of these guys fitting in these quick day, day and a half type visits. So um, Florida state was the team that I've heard probably the most about um, as far as, you know, his recruitment or his second recruitment, if you will, um, as you know, when it comes to Edmund, but you know, was recruited to South Carolina by Mike Peterson, Florida's current outside linebackers coach. I think another guy that probably isn't talked about a lot, as far as their ties to the Fort Pierce area where Edmund is from is Jamar Chaney, um, Florida's off-field staffer there who helps with the defense and, you know, is big into the recruiting part of, you know, defensive guys for Florida behind the scenes. So, you know, those two guys have some ties to him. Um, so, you know, I think it's kind of hard to say right now. You know, I know that Florida felt the visit went well. Um, I think they understand that there's a gauntlet of visits that are coming up for him as far as, you know, hitting the road and seeing all these places in a short amount of time. Florida State is probably the team that I've heard the most about there, um, and I think that that is probably due in part to, um, you know, him have at least being somewhat recruited by Mike Norvell when he was first hired at Florida State. Um, maybe not the longest time of withstanding, you know, relationships there. Um, you know, so I think that that has something to do with that. You know, I know there's NIL as a factor for him as well. Um, so I think Florida State has checked the box off there as well. You know, I haven't really gotten a lot of intel out of his visit other than knowing that it went well just because it did just end today. And he is taking a lot of these visits in a short amount of time. Right. Um, but, you know, I think that the ties that he has to a guy like Mike Peterson and Jamar Chaney, um, I think those are notable enough, you know. So we'll see how things go out for him there, you know. But again, you know, like you said, they're short on bodies at that Jack linebacker position. So yes. is he a guy that really jumps out to me that should be penciled into a starting role at that position? I think that that's probably wait and see how the spring goes. You know, I think he's probably very similar to what you've seen at Anton Antoine Powell Ryland, you know, just from 
you know, maybe not so much as the snaps that he's received, but just, I guess, how I see him as a player and the impact he's been able to make there. Um, so I, I think at the very least, you know, if you can get a guy that eventually turns into a starter of that position, great. You know, then you've done your job there at the portal. But at the very least, he's a guy that brings depth to a position that direly needs that. I think it's an interesting conversation. You you segue it for us perfectly here to kind of wrap up the show. Uh, there are several positions on this roster that are quite thin right now. Inside linebacker is still one of them, even though they landed a, a transfer there uh, and a high school commit. Outside linebacker is probably the most dire on the roster. Uh, offensive line at just 14 scholarship players is quite thin. Wide receiver even is at 10. Ricky Pearsall is still kind of on the fence of do I go pro or not? And based on our reporting, uh, and, I, and again, I would you know take this opportunity to encourage you to go check out our coverage over at swamp247.com where we have a lot more information than we can cover in one podcast episode. Uh, we've heard that Ricky Pearsall is leaning towards a professional career uh, and calling it quits after one year at Florida, or not quits, but moving on from Florida after just one season. Uh, and, and the professional prospects for him are looking pretty good. That position becomes exceptionally thin if that's the case. I would say running back uh, could probably use one more body at just three scholarship players, although that room is pretty solid overall. Uh, you look at the roster, Blake, and it's hard to, to deny that they need a lot of help from the transfer portal, uh, and they only have four guys committed to the program to show for it. Could that list grow in the near future? Absolutely. Uh, but in your opinion, what, what really needs to happen here over the next couple weeks, months, uh, to, to put this roster in a position where it can improve upon its first season under Billy Napier? Well, first and foremost, I think with spring, with, with the spring semester, you know, really kind of getting really close to us here, as far as getting these guys in there now to go through spring football, I think, you know, an edge defender, you know, if you can shake out, you know, I don't know how defensive line would really roll with them. You know, if you got two now, you know, obviously there's no guys on their radar for visiting this weekend with it being so close to the, you know, the spring semester, um, you know, I think obviously linebacker, edge defender, offensive tackle, you know, maybe even offensive line in general, but I think offensive tackle to me is the one that jumps out the most of, you know, what you really need to hit on there. Um, you know, I think that those are probably the positions, you know, linebacker, edge, um, you know, those are the ones that really jump out to me the most as far as getting numbers right for your spring football season. But in general, you know, even past that, you know, because there's going to be another window for guys to enter the NCAA transfer portal when the spring rolls around. Um, I don't know that there's really a, a spot on the roster in general for Florida that you look at maybe corner, you know, is maybe one, but I, I, yeah. I don't know, man. I just think in general, you look at the roster from top to bottom. I don't know that there's really a position where Florida's like, okay, we're good there. You know, I feel sure. like if they can upgrade the position or add someone in there, whether they be a depth piece, whether they be someone there that's a really good player that can compete for starting time. I just don't know. There's really a position on the roster that jumps out to me to where Florida be like, nah, we're good. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's just where I'm at with that. You know, I just don't think that Florida, you know, if they can upgrade any position, you do it, you know, but I, I think yeah. that sure there are some positions that need it more than others. And I would say this, you know, there's plenty of room to be able to do that. Florida's sitting at 77 total scholarships as of the recording of this podcast. They can have 85 on their roster. Uh, also should be noted that there are no limits on the high school side. So you can't take more than 25 as long as you stay under that overall 85 cap. Uh, and there are a couple targets or at least one target uh, for Florida, who is on the radar, you know, possible commitment uh, at the offensive line position, which is important. Uh, but again, like you said, you don't want to be in a spot where you're throwing freshmen into the fire uh, in in 2023. You probably want to try and fill those spots uh, with Division One transfers, Power Five transfers uh, who pass your evaluation test. So, with that being said, uh, there's work to do, and and we will have it covered. So, 
Uh, make sure you're keeping it locked over on at swamp247.com. Uh, we're constantly posting information over there. And if you really want the full experience, you're going to want to hit that subscribe button, join us on the message boards, uh, and get access to our VIP content, where we will give you, uh, you know, really everything that we can report on, which we can't get to necessarily in a podcast episode. Uh, and and regardless, make sure you go on and head on over to the site uh, and check out what we have to offer. Also, if you are listening to this on YouTube, we appreciate you and ask that you like and subscribe. Let us know what you think uh, in the comment section. We do read them. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much going to do it for this episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. Uh, and we will see you on our next show. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.